If you would go ahead and be seated. When we talk about revival, what we're talking about is being filled with the Spirit. We're talking about having this unique encounter with the living God that is entirely supernatural, but happens in a very normal way in the life of those who believe. We're in the series where we're talking about the Holy Spirit, which sadly is unique uh, for many within our faith heritage, certainly our denomination, certainly within this church. The 18 years I've served you as pastor, we have yet to celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We celebrated Christmas, we celebrated Easter every single year, but we have yet to celebrate Pentecost, and we're going to do just that this year on Sunday, June 9th. And so I want to encourage you to mark your calendars to be here for Pentecost, the 50th day. It's the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit came as Jesus promised that He would to fill believers, and it was the birthday of the church, and it was the new era of the, of the coming of the Lord as the Lord had promised. Now, last week when we finished, we were talking about the, the, the presence of God, uh, and we talked about the fact that God's presence is now revealed in His saints for God's glory. It's all about God's glory. It's not our glory, that, that God's presence is revealed in us for His glory. And we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and this is where we finished off last week, beginning in verse 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Those of us who have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ are the only ones who can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So as we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, please understand, if you've never repented of your sin and believed on Jesus Christ, you can't be filled with the Spirit. You are separate from God. But if you will repent and believe and trust in Him, then you will not only be filled, but you will be sealed with the Spirit and throughout your life will experience the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. We who believe, we no longer belong to ourselves. We've been bought with a price. The price is the blood of Jesus Christ that we celebrated in the Lord's Supper just a moment ago. We are now the temple. We are a temple. Each one of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we are the dwelling place of God. And we talked about that last week. But that happens by grace. We don't earn it by through faith. So Titus chapter 3 talks about how this happens. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's what the Holy Spirit does when a person is born again. Regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that next Sunday as we open up God's Word and look at John chapter 3, if you want to go ahead and be looking ahead. Now, those of us who believe, we have experienced the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom, again, this is a person He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. We are given the, the life of Christ is now alive in us. We have eternal life. The Spirit of God now seals us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, that is Jesus Christ, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So now, we who believe in Christ, we are now filled with the the life of Christ in us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And now we are commanded by God to have an ongoing experience that enables us to pursue and recover God's design. Please understand, 
The reason you were saved and left on this planet was not so that you could stay what you were the moment you became a follower of Jesus Christ, but you could be transformed by the renewing of your mind to become more and more like Jesus. We talk about that in terms of of pursuing and recovering God's design. So when we talk about the three circles, we're talking about this aspect, having repented of our sin, believed in the gospel, that is, God has become flesh, died for our sins, has been raised. Now because He's alive in us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can recover and pursue God's design. Now, as we do that, as we go on through life experiencing this power, uh, it's going to be powerful. And today, that's what we want to focus on. We want to focus on the fact that God's presence is powerful. And and, and this presence of the Holy Spirit is a person that we are to be filled with and experience over and over again. I want to begin by giving you an example of what this looks like. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's all go to the book of Exodus. We have an example in the Old Testament, and I'm I'm going to get to the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's really the focus. But I want to begin by giving you an example of what it looks like. This is Exodus chapter 31, verses 2 through 5. Emmeline's going to read for us. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word as Emmeline comes to read this passage that has some pretty hard words. And uh, she's going to knock them out for us. So, I mean, if you don't mind, read verses 2 through 5 for us. See, I called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen? How many of you would like to have a copy of Emlyn reading the entire Bible? I would as well. If you would, go ahead and be seated. I hope the sermon can match that quality of reading. My goodness. Right out of the gate. Nailed it. I want you to notice Basilel here. I want you to notice this person. He's already a believer. He's already a member of the covenant community. He's already an artisan. But notice what happened. There was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Look in verse 2. I have filled him with the, whole, with the Spirit of God. So now this person that everyone already knew and, and who, who already was what he was, was able to experience and provide something special for God's kingdom purpose because of the, spir- the Spirit of God. We've already spoken of how uh, God provides for all believers through the Holy Spirit. Remember this, the Holy Spirit at work, alive, and all who believe, all of us get the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Everyone who's a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit provides the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, provides the benefits of the Spirit. Those benefits are listed in uh, Jesus' discourse in John 14 through 16. Peppered throughout that discourse, he talks about the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit, and the benefits that he's going to bring to the lives of those who believe. And then the gifts of the Spirit. We read about those in 1 Corinthians 12, in 
in Romans chapter 12. And we don't all have the same gifts. And I know there are some who would say that in order for you to know that you're saved, you have to speak in tongues, which is a spiritual gift. And that is not true because we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. Understand that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you and you do have spiritual gifts and you're meant to utilize those to the glory of God. So we are to abide in Christ and the fruit of the Spirit will be produced in us. We are to trust in Jesus and we will experience the benefits of the Spirit. We are to serve as Jesus and exercise our gifts. This fruit, these benefits, these gifts of the Spirit, they're always with us. Unfortunately, we are not always and specifically empowered or filled with the Holy Spirit to enjoy these gifts benefits and the fruit. John Piper says this, and I agree. Nobody stays full of the Spirit all the time. No one is always totally joyful and submissive to God and empowered for service, but this should still be our aim, our goal, our great longing. We are commanded by God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a very interesting word. Uh, If you would, turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at this command. And it's, it's, it's unlike any other command you'll find in Scripture. It's very unusual. It's very powerful. See, this state of being filled with the Spirit, it's something that we must seek, and yet it's something that happens to us by the grace of God into the will and word of God. Now, notice the illustration, the juxtaposition of, of what it is compared to negatively. Ephesians 5:18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Write this down and remember it. To be filled with the Spirit is to have the person of the Holy Spirit govern us. That's an important word, to govern us. That means he's in charge. That means he determines what is right and what is wrong and how it is we are to live. He governs us. Who is us? As his rescued people, only those who have repented and believed in Jesus Christ. Now, again, the Holy Spirit is not the cousinate of the Trinity. He he is a person. He has personhood. What does it mean to have personhood? Three things in particular, at least. The, the, the Holy Spirit is a person who thinks, fills, and wills. So as a person, you think, will, and fill. If this person is alive in you, if the Holy Spirit of God is alive in you, and he is filling you, he's going to impact how you think, how you feel, and, and what it is you will to do. Now, like alcohol, the Holy Spirit impacts us. He takes what we already are and amplifies us. Basilel was already a believer. He was already in the covenant community. He was already an artisan. The Spirit of God empowered him. So it is for those of us who believe. We already have the, the, the benefits, the fruit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, through the power of the Spirit, we are amplified in those things. I, I hate to see people drunk. I'm very uncomfortable around intoxicated people because... Because whatever they are, it's amplified. 
Whatever, they're, if, they're, if they're mean, they're a mean drunk. If they're sad, they're a sad drunk. If they're silly, they're a silly drunk. But the filter is gone, and they will oftentimes do things that they would not typically do. And it leads to, and it is the cause of debauchery, for that is debauchery. And, and friends, I know it's allowable, but I do not believe it's beneficial. And I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since June 27, 1988, because although it is allowable, it is not beneficial, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians. And instead, what we need to do, what we're called to do, what we're commanded to do is to, look at this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that word, that phrase, be filled, actually is one Greek word, pleiruste. Now, let me, let me be a geek for just a minute. I got all this education, so let me show it off for just a minute. This is a very interesting word. It's a middle passive verb. What does that mean? That means it's something that happens to you. Middle passive means it's something that's going to happen to you. But it's a middle passive imperative. What is a, an imperative? It's a command. It's something you are told to do. So think about this. Be filled Something is going, something is, is to happen to you. You do it. You do and cause what is going to happen to you. How do you make something happen to yourself? I don't know how to tell you. I can only illustrate it and explain it. To me, it's like being in a sailboat. To be filled with the Spirit, an example is a sailboat. Everybody in this room's in a boat. You are metaphorically either in a rowboat, which is not a good place to be spiritually, or you are in a flotation device utterly confused as to what you're doing in the boat. God has called you to be in a sailboat. So I drew this. Maybe this helps you. Children have nothing on me. <laughs> Got my drawings. So this is the river of life, all right? And there are currents in the river of life. And so what, what we have are these three different boats. And some of you are in a rowboat, and you're like this dude. You are exhausted. You're like laid out. And, and you are, and, and don't, don't hear me, you're sincere. Uh, most of the people that are in that boat, many times they're pastors, they're ministers, they're, they're, they're ministry leaders, small group, children's leaders, uh, small group leaders, mission, missionaries. Many times, here's what happens, though, is, is there is this desire, I want to serve God, I want to please my mama, I want to please, you know, God, I know God saved me, I know Jesus saved me, but I got to make up for what I did wrong. So you start rowing. I got to please, I got to do the right thing, I got to be the perfect example, everybody's looking at me, I got to do it right, and you row, and you row, and here's what happens. What you're doing is sincere, but it's wrong, it's sincerely wrong, and you're going to wreck your faith, because you're doing it in your strength. I had a young lady I led to the Lord about 25 years ago email me this week, and she's so very upset because her pastor has resigned. More than that, he's not just stepped away from the ministry, he's walking away from the faith. And what he's saying is, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't care anymore. Let me tell you what was, what was going on in this man's life, is he was trying to do the work of God in his own, in his own power. You are, and I are not designed to do that. We don't have the power to fight against the culture, the, the stream of life. We can't, we can't do this in our own strength. The, the life that we are called to live in Christ is a spirit-powered life. And if all you're doing is trying to earn your way and row your way and make it happen, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen to you. You're going to burn out. You're going to give up. 
and you're going to wreck your faith. To the opposite end is the person in the flotation device that's doing this. Let go and let God. Jesus, take the wheel. But that's not what's happening. What they're basically saying is, you know what? I'm not going to be in the Word. I'm not going to be in prayer. I'm not going to be engaged in a small group where people can speak into my life. I'm just going to go with the current. Wherever the current takes me, that's where I'll go. And where is the culture, where is the current of this culture going to take you? It's not to Christ. The current of this culture is going to take you as far away from God as it can get you. And so there are many people today who are sinfully wrong because they have just given in to the culture and they have wrecked their faith. And so we have these two people who've wrecked their faith. One is sincerely wrong. The other one is sinfully wrong. And this week when I was preparing to preach this message, I came in here and began to pray. And I was thinking about people who used to sit in the specific seats that are no longer a part of our church family or any church family because they were either sincerely wrong or sinfully wrong. Either they got burned out and they decided to give up on God, they don't want to do it anymore, or they fell into sin. And being sinfully wrong, they gave up on God and they walked away. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and it breaks my heart to say it. Some of you sitting here right now are, are on your way to, to shipwrecking your own faith. And here's why. Because you're not filled with the Spirit. You're not being filled with the Spirit. You're trying to exercise your faith in your own power, and it doesn't work. You are not being responsible with your faith, and you're just going with whatever the culture says. So the question becomes, well, what am I supposed to do? Sailboat. Sailboat. Rudder, steer yourself, sail. Catch the wind. See how God is at work and join Him. It's that simple. You are to align your life under the leadership of Jesus Christ. You say, how do I do that? You cannot do it if you do not know the Word of God. You must know the Word of God. You cannot do it without a community of, of Christians speaking to your life. I wouldn't be a pastor today if it wasn't for the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the people of God who are able to speak into my life and guide me in truth. We must have the Word, the Spirit, and the body. And when we are aligned... When we are aligned, we will find the Spirit of God working, and we will find ourselves energized. We will find God showing us the way we are to go. Now, I must warn you, God rarely will take you straight on point A to point B. God is often going to bring you down a windy road. Sometimes you're going to be thinking, I want to go here, and God's going to say, yeah, I don't care. We're going over here. See, God knows where the rocks are. He knows where the current is. He knows what's best for you and me. Here's what he wants us to do. Trust him according to his word. Be where he is at work. Where is he at work? He's at work in scripture and in prayer and amongst the community of believers. Be there. Set your sail. Get your rudder. Get where God is moving. He is going to guide you. There are going to be times when God is going to say, be still and know that I'm God. And for some type A personalities, that can drive us crazy. There are moments when we need to know, okay, I am, I am in the Spirit. I am not out of God's will. I'm right where God wants me. I'm not going forward. I'm going to be still and know that He's God. I know that He's got me where He wants me right now. The worst thing you can do is to say, okay, God's not going to work anymore. Well, let me get my oars. I'll get us where we're supposed to go. You will shipwreck your faith. Live in the Spirit. 
Be filled with the Spirit and allow Him to guide and power your life forward. Now, when you do that, there's going to be certain symptoms. This week, I had symptoms of an upper respiratory infection. I had a cough. I had some fatigue. uh, I had some runny nose and allergies and all this other stuff. Those were symptoms of things because of what was happening inside of my body. When the Holy Spirit is empowering us, there's something that happens inside of us, and it is revealed with the symptoms, the three of them. I'm going to give them to you real quick that we see in verses 19 and 20. First, to be filled with the Spirit is to be empowered to think about what God thinks. Ask yourself this question. Are you thinking on what is holy? Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You say, where do I find those things? The Bible. Biblical songs. Biblical sermons. You're not going to find this in self-help books. You're not going to find this in career guides. You're going to find this in the Word of God. You're going to find this in in the songs that sing about the glory and greatness of God. Not in self-help songs, songs about the greatness and the goodness of God. And when we think on what is holy, we will be those who are known for, look at this in verse 19, who are, are known for addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What do you talk about? I mean, when you don't have to talk about work and family needs and issues, what do you talk about? See, the culture says talk about politics, talk about entertainment and sports, talk about fashion, beauty, and fitness. You know what God says to talk about? Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. It's to be about Jesus. That creates questions about who Jesus is and how he is at work in our life. Second, to be filled with the Spirit is to be empowered to feel what God feels. This is another symptom. Here's the question to ask yourself. Are you delighting and rejoicing in all that is good? When we are delighting and rejoicing in all that is good, it will be said of of us that we are known for singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favorite favorite hymns, His Eyes on the Sparrow. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He watches me. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is He. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He watches me. God in His triune person is always confident and always satisfied. He invites us into that life. To live in the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be content. It is to be thankful. It it is to to live with a song in your heart. I love the story about a Japanese man who came to faith and learned the songs of the faith, who when persecution broke out in Japan, he was put in a concentration camp, and he always volunteered for the worst job nobody wanted to do. He volunteered for latrine duty. And he literally took that nasty stuff every day, and he would drag it down to the river, and he would pour it out. And after a while, one of the guys said, why in the world do you volunteer for this all the time? And he said, well, whenever I do this, the guards leave me alone. He said, well, yeah, I guess they would, right? He said, yep. And when they go away, 
I sing the songs of our faith to the top of my lungs. I sing of the goodness of God and I praise God because of, of the Spirit of God who's alive in me. He was not defined by his circumstance. He was surrounded by stench that we couldn't imagine and yet he was filled with the Spirit. He was, look at this, he was singing and making melody to the Lord in his heart. He was grateful and thankful for the goodness of God. Does that describe you? Is that your feeling? That's the feeling of God. God is completely content and satisfied. Are you? Are you? Third, to be filled with the Spirit is to be empowered to will what God wills. Question to ask yourself, am I desiring what is best and right? See, when we would desire what is best and right, we will always be active in Luke verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is an act of the will. It is to be done not to, not to prove a point, but to honor Christ and to be like him. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we are filled with the Spirit, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I don't know if you know this, but you can dilute alcohol with water. And it will not have the same governing power and authority in your life. You can dilute the work of the Spirit of God with sin. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you are diluting the power of the Spirit. We dilute the Spirit with sin when our thoughts are far from God, when our feelings are far from God, and we are choosing to live outside of the will of God. The Lord has called us to be empowered to live in this person of the Holy Spirit. Don't answer this question out loud, but think about it. I talked to a Christian leader who's helped me a lot with this series, who's, who speaks around the country. Whenever he does this talk on the Holy Spirit, whenever he does this passage in Ephesians 5.18, he will often ask those present, and they're usually pastors and ministry leaders. And he'll ask them to raise their hand. He'll say, how many of you right now can say with all honesty, I am being filled with the Holy Spirit of God? He said, typically it's less than 10%. How many of you, don't show your hands, just ask the question of yourself, can honestly say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God right now? My thoughts, my feelings, my will completely aligned under the authority of Jesus Christ. My sail, my rudder, I am, I am correctly aligned under his leadership. The Spirit of God is empowering my faith. The Spirit of God is empowering my life. I think if most of us would be honest in this room this morning, there's a lot of you who've got a couple of oars in your hand, and you're trying to work it out. You're trying to either make up for some wrong you've done, or you're trying to get yourself where you want to be in your Christian life, rather than submitting to the Spirit of God. Some of you have given up, and you're just floating. You're just floating along in sin, and you're grieving the Spirit of God. The Lord has saved you to be filled with the Spirit of God. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit of God? 
See, some of you can't because you're not Christians. And what you need to do this morning is you need to do what I did on June 28, 1988. I got on my knees and asked Jesus to forgive me and take over my life, and he did. Some of you need to do what I did earlier this week, which is to say, Lord, fill me. Use me. I submit my life to you. I prayed that this morning in preparation for preaching to you. Some of you need to come and say, Lord, it's been a long time since I've been filled with the Spirit. Renew me in this. Others of you, you you're, you're very aware of broken relationships. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's the marriage of someone you care about. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's a person's life and they're just stuck in sin. Why don't you come and ask for the Spirit of God to do what only the Spirit of God can do? And ask for a miracle. See, if you're Spirit-filled and you're not grieving the Spirit, you have the power to pray in the Spirit. And there's a power in your prayer. And if you are filled with the Spirit, please come pray for us that we would be revived. Let's stand together. You are a gracious God, and you, oh God, have provided all that we need to be saved. And Holy Spirit, you are now the person to transform our thoughts and feelings and our will, that we might abide in Jesus and produce the fruit, to use our gifts and to enjoy the benefits. God, I pray for some today who need to come and be saved, that they will. Pray for some today who need to come and ask that you would fill them, Holy Spirit, that they would be empowered, filled by you, set their sail and their rudder, aligning themselves under your leadership and love. And then for others, God, who want to come and pray and ask for you to revive a marriage, a life, this church. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. Come and pray.